Welcome to the King Me Ministry Podcast, where we want to celebrate men who get it right, and we want to equip the other men who want to get it right, but just don't know how. We're going to use the Word of God as a roadmap to discover what it means to be a man in His image in the world that we live in. If you are unfamiliar with who Jim Elliott is, I would encourage you to find a book on him, do a little research, and what you're going to discover is that man was completely sold out to Jesus. On October 28, 1949, he wrote the famous words, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep in order to gain what he cannot lose. Jim Elliott understood what it meant to follow Jesus. He knew what Jesus meant when he said, count the cost before you follow me. And Jesus' words of pick up your cross and die daily to me, Jim understood that. Six and a half years after he wrote that in his journal, Jim and four other men traveled to the Ecuadorian tribes and wanting to witness to, to them about Jesus and his love were killed by the very men that they came to minister to. His life and legacy is a living testimony to the rest of the world of the absolute worthiness of Jesus and the cost of following Jesus Christ. While Jim Elliott is the epitome of what it means to follow Jesus, I want to look today at the story that I find in Matthew 19 of the rich young ruler. Some of you will be familiar with it. Some of you Uh, may need to be reminded, or even hear it for the first time. But the story goes like this. A man comes up to Jesus and he asks him, Teacher, what good things must I do to enter eternal life? And Jesus says, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. Which ones? The man inquired. And Jesus replied, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, honor your father and your mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. All these things I have kept, the young man said, what do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. This man approaches Jesus. He's a young man. He's a motivated young man. He's a man who has put his life in order as the world would celebrate. He's rich. He's probably handsome. There's not much that he can't do in in any situation. He can strike up a conversation with anyone. He's a mover and shaker. He knows how to get things done. And he approaches Jesus, and he asks Jesus what he must do to inherit eternal life. And Jesus puts it back on him. He says, well, what does the Bible say? He answers what he has learned and embraced his whole life, well, to keep the commandments. And he says that he's done this his whole life. And through his own admission, he says, but what do I still lack? That is such a telling insight into this man's heart. He, his whole life, has has fulfilled the, the commandments. He's never really, truly stepped out of bounds, but yet something feels off. Something feels lacking in his life. And so this guy, who seems like he's a good guy, he does what so many people like him do, even good people, even God-fearing, church-attending good people. He, he looks at Jesus as if Jesus is an accessory that he needs to add to his already complete life. 
The only thing he lacked was Jesus. How many times I've heard people witness like that. They they go to the person who seemingly has everything and they say, you know, the one thing you lack is Jesus. If you add him to your life, he's going to give you everything that you, you need, everything you desire. He's going to complete your ensemble. And I honestly think that Jesus is taking the opportunity to expose that through this story. Jesus will not be an accessory. He's not just something that you add to your life to make it better. It's not like he's a watch that completes your outfit. Remember his words. He says, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people need a doctor. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good and good people better. He came to make dead people alive. And only those who start from that position. Remember, Jesus says, blessed are you who are, who are poor in spirit. And, and that means that blessed are you. You're in a good place when the first step on the ladder in your relationship with God is for you to recognize that you have nothing and that Jesus is everything, not the opposite where you have everything and you just lack this one thing. Jesus is not an accessory. I've been reading this story for years, and I can honestly say that as I read through it, I always gravitate towards what Jesus said after this man walks away. Jesus then says to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And of course, the disciples hear this and they say, well, who can enter heaven? Who can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and, and he says, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So I always go to that part of the story, and I don't think I ever really slowed down before and looked at what was transpiring in the heart and the head of this man. And I noticed three things the other day as I was reading this. It was kind of funny. Uh, my wife sees me take my glasses off, and she's like, what are you thinking about? And I'm like, this is just like this perfect three-point sermon right here and what's going on. And the first thing that flew off the page at me was that keeping rules will never be enough. Formulating and following a list of do's and don'ts will always leave you feeling empty, never satisfied. It will not provide for you the life that you seek. Read the story. You see a man who's at first, he's kind of puffed up. He's like, I've kept all the rules. Yet by his own admission, here he is asking Jesus, what more is there? There feels like there's, there's something more. What am I lacking? And he's looking for that thing that he's lacking. That thing that he's lacking is a personal and vibrant relationship with his creator. My wife has remarked a, a few times in our relationship how all the years that she went to church, all the, the youth groups, all the events that she was at, and this concept of this idea of having a true and, and real relationship with Jesus was a new thing to her. So many churches and so many good-meaning people think that Christianity is really about doing and, and being and, and making sure that you avoid this and that. And, and they forget that in John 17, Jesus says, when people, people ask him, they said, you know, what is eternal life? And Jesus says, eternal life is this, that you may know the one true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. 
Jesus made Christianity about a relationship. And inside that relationship, what we have is this freedom to, to learn life, to, to walk a few steps, to fall. And yet, while doing that in relationship with him, there's just, we experience his grace and his goodness, his forgiveness. I think it was Tim Keller who said it. He said, you know, if you look at the book of Job, you see almost 40 chapters of Job just kind of venting about God and this, what seemed like an unjust punishment or lack of favor from God as he was suffering. And and Tim Keller makes it clear. He says, why God didn't punish Job through that is not, is because Job wasn't, wasn't talking poorly about God. Job was talking poorly misunderstandingly to God, there was a relationship there that allowed him to speak, allowed him to voice his frustration and his, his, his lack of understanding through all that he was going through. But at the end of Job's, uh, the book of Job, you see God sort of get frustrated with Job's three friends and says to them, I'm disappointed in you and Job will pray for you. Job said some pretty harsh things, but because he said them in the confines of a relationship, that just shows us what's important to God. It isn't that list of do's and don'ts. It is walking with him, letting him lead the way, and speaking anything that we feel to him, not about him to other people, but doing that in the confines of a relationship with him. Jeremiah says this long before Jesus said it. He says, this is what the Lord says, let not the wise man boast of his wisdom or the strong man boast of his strength or the rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boasts boast about this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on the earth, for in these I delight. God delights in relationship. Everything he's done points us to relationship, not rule-keeping, not adding something to what we've already built. The next thing that stood out in that text for me was Jesus's offer. And, and I say offer intentionally because I don't think it was a command. I think Jesus was, was giving this man some insight into freedom. And Jesus says to him, he says, sell off everything you own, give it to the poor. What we have has a tendency to weigh us down. His riches take away his focus, his attention, and, his, and puts his efforts on maintaining and striving for more of, of what he had and what was, what was really ruling his life. And the author of Hebrews tells us, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Jesus is giving this man an offer. And, and, and Jesus, who, who knows our heart and he knows us, I suspect that, that Jesus knew 
how this man's attention was drawn to to maintaining his wealth. Um, and, and when you have a lot of irons in the fire, it, you don't have a lot of leftover in terms of attention and time and resources. Your, your soul focuses on that. And Jesus says to him, get rid of it all. I wonder if you guys have ever heard the illustration of how to trap a monkey. There's this... Uh, idea that in order to trap a monkey, you take a banana and you put it in a jar that has a bottlenecked opening, and the monkey will come along, see the banana, reach and squeeze his hand in there, grab the banana, and then not be able to pull his hand back out because the banana doesn't fit where he put his hand in. And it's said that the monkey will stay there until somebody comes and captures it, kills it, whatever it's going to do, because it won't let go of that banana. And it could be free at any single moment. All that monkey has to do is just let go of what is hindering him, what's holding him down. And I do believe that that's exactly what Jesus is telling this wealthy man. Just get rid of the weight. Get rid of everything that, that grabs at your attention, that uses up your energy. Get rid of it. And the last thing Jesus says is, then come follow me. What an invitation from Jesus. Jesus says, stop thinking that you can come to me simply by following a set of do's and don'ts. It's not about that. There's no formula. There's no cheat code to being in a relationship with me. And Jesus says, you, rich man, like every other human being, you have things in your life that hinder you from a true, deep, growing relationship with the Creator. And and go ahead and get rid of all that. See its value. See how it compares next to Jesus. It's worthless compared to knowing Him. And then come and follow me. Then you're free to live the life that I desire you to live. One where you take your, your, your commands from me. You, you see that you have freedom in me. You, you, the cares of this world, they, they just don't carry the same weight now that you're following Jesus. What a fantastic story this is. I hope you were able to see how Jesus uses this encounter to expose our hearts. Jesus uses this story to show us that our hearts do prefer a list of do's and don'ts over relationships. When it comes to lists, those are easy to measure. Relationships are not. They can be confusing and frustrating at times. Lists we can just do solo in our own strength at our own pace. Relationships can never be done alone. It's far easier to work through a list that my wife might give me than for the two of us together to grow through some things. We can continue to follow this idea of do's and don'ts, or we can start by admitting what we already know. Those rules and regulations never fill us. They they leave us either prideful, look what I've done, look what I've created, or they're leaving us empty, reminding us just how impossible it is to hit the mark. Jesus is also pointing out that things have a way of weighing us down. The very first section hike that I ever did on the Appalachian Trail, my pack weighed 75 pounds. No exaggeration. I had extra everything, and most of the stuff that I took never made its way out of my bag. What a miserable experience that first hike was for me. 
I quit a day early because I just, who was I to have never hiked before carrying 45 pounds of extra stuff that I didn't need? It ruined the hike for me. And when we cling to things of this world and we put them on the, in the wrong place and we put too much value on them, Jesus is saying those things weigh you down. Get rid of them. And finally, Jesus's whole ministry was establishing this invitation to for, forget the lists of do's and don'ts and, and to hold all that stuff loosely and then to follow him to learn what he does and to order our lives in such a way that it allows us to copy his lead, to go where he calls, to let go of what's not needed for the journey, and to be in a relationship with him. The way that Jesus chose to handle this man has had an impact on my life recently. I, I see myself and I see how, how quick I am to choose the do's and don'ts of religion versus having a relationship with Jesus. I see how I cling to things, whether it's my, my right to respond, my right to, to be angry, my right to own this, my, my money, I get to do what I want. I, I'm so focused in, in feeling the weight of how that's pulling me away from what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to provide for you and I this restored relationship with God, to bring things back to its original design, that we would be able to see who Jesus is, to, to, to understand his why and, and, and why he spoke the way he did and the why he, he prayed, and, and, and to really to order our lives in such a way that we can mimic who he was and who he is, and to be in that that restored relationship with God. What, a, what an awesome reminder this story is. And I'm so thankful that God has, um, has me in that season where it makes sense. And I hope that as you are reading God's Word, that you're, you're being open to the Holy Spirit speaking and teaching you in a way that, that you're not going to be able to, to digest yourself. I, I can't remember who said it, but it says the, the, the beauty of the Bible never reveals itself to lazy people. And lazy people, to me, when it comes to reading the Bible, are those that are not asking God's Holy Spirit to be the teacher, to be the one to open our eyes and open our ears to what He's trying to say to us. It is my prayer that God's Word is electric and living and alive for you as you sit before it and allow him to speak to you. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for how you choose to speak through that word and to reveal who you are. And, and you open our eyes and our ears to, to greater understanding of who you are. The more we understand you, the more we see your beauty, and the, the more we love you. But Father, my prayer in this moment is not that you would just open our eyes and ears to more understanding, but that you would help us to order our lives to respond to the goodness and the greatness that we're seeing in your word, that our lives would become what we read, that we would be known to be doers of your word, not just people that are fascinated by it, but people whose lives are completely changed by your word. Father, we pray that in the name of your son, Jesus. We love you. And again, we just lift this all up in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Hey guys, thanks for listening. If this podcast has been of any help to you or you're just enjoying it, I ask you to do me a favor of just going on Apple or Spotify, wherever you listen to it, and that you would just give us a review, give us a ranking, share it with some friends that might be encouraged by it as well. Looking forward to our next time together. Until then, just know that God loves you. He desires a true, authentic relationship for you, and He's doing all the work. All you have to do is respond to what He's done and what He's doing. Take care. Take care.